It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over government force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday, producer Joe. Happy Tuesday, Kim. And a great show planned for you today. A lot of great information. This first hour, we will talk with Dr. Bruce Gilley. And he is a professor of political science at Portland State University. And he has a book, The Case for Colonialism. And uh, again, some of these uh, conversations that we're having are preparing for you for when those college kids are back from college uh, during the Christmas Hanukkah holiday break so that you can have conversations about some of the stuff that they've been indoctrinated on. Of course, one might question whether or not we should be sending kids to these universities and colleges and spending all kinds of big money to pay professors to indoctrinate kids, uh, not with the truth, maybe with half-truths, uh, and uh, with specific agendas. But uh, some of these shows are going to help you get your brain around uh, ways to talk uh, talk back, <laughs> if you will, to um, at the um, holiday se- uh, the holiday table, the dinner table. So uh, it should be a super interesting uh, discussion here shortly. So let's see, lots of headlines. We'll go through some of the uh, history of today. Uh, but let's start with our word of the day, which is endemic. That's E-N-D-E-M-I-C. And it means natural to or characteristic of a specific people or place, native, indigenous, or belonging exclusively or confined to a particular place. It can also mean persisting in a population or region, generally having settled to a relatively constant rate of occurrence. So this is our sentence. Uh, Totalitarianism is apparently endemic to polis and the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party in Colorado. Moderate Democrats, libertarians, unaffiliateds, conservatives, and Republicans want our state back. And I went to uh, Ludwig von Mises for our quote of the day. He was born in 1881. He died in 1973. He was an Austrian-American, Austrian school economist, historian, logician, and sociologist. He wrote and lectured extensively on the societal contributions of classical liberalism and the power of consumers. He is best known for his work on praxeology studies, comparing communism and capitalism. And he said this, he said, the struggle for freedom is ultimately not resistance to autocrats or oligarchs, but resistance to despotism of public opinion. That's why we do this show every day, my friends, is, uh, is to um, 
move the needle on on public opinion. And uh, so continue to tell your friends about the Kim Munson Show. The show broadcasts 6 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday on all KLZ 560 platforms. KLZ has a 560 has a huge broadcast reach. It goes uh, south or north into Wyoming, south into New Mexico, east into Kansas and Nebraska, and west up into the mountains. Uh, it is uh, the first hour is rebroadcast one to two in the afternoon. Second hour is rebroadcast ten to eleven at night. And then once we have everything posted to our summaries with the podcast in in the show, uh, actually you can get all the podcasts on. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, and the other streaming services as well. So let's go to uh, history. This is Day in History. This day in history, November 28, in 1242, Batu Khan's Mongol army lays siege to Kiev and begins assaulting its city walls with catapults. The city falls eight days later. Uh, This next day, uh, I guess let's say nine days later, In 1240, the Biden administration and Congress voted to send more money to Kiev to protect their border, unlike sending any money to the southern border in America to protect that. In 1520, Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan begins crossing the Pacific Ocean. 1717, Blackbeard, the pirate, attacks and captures a French merchant slave ship, which he renames as his flagship, the Queen Anne's Revenge. I just make a little note on that, that 1717, and the French apparently had slaves uh, as well, as much as, again, our students will be taught that America, slavery stopped here, that is, or started here, that's not the case. Uh, actually, slavery stopped here. So that's the important thing to remember. This is interesting. Uh, we talked about Anne Bonny <clears throat> and Mary Reed, and they were pirates as well. And in 1720, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed are tried, found guilty of pirating, and sentenced to death in the Spanish town of Jamaica. Although their discovered pregnancies win them stays of execution. So is that not an interesting flip? The fact that the women were pregnant, actually, the the baby saved their lives. I thought that was kind of an interesting twist of events. 1729, the Natchez Indians massacre 138 Frenchmen, 35 French women, and 56 children at Fort Rosalie near the site of modern-day Natchez, Mississippi. 1745, French troops and Indian forces attack Saratoga, New York, killing many and taking prisoners. 1795, the U.S. pays $800,000 plus a frigate to tribute to Algiers and Tunis. Eventually, again, that was the pirates that were having the Americans pay pay tribute, and uh, Thomas Jefferson put an end to that with the Marines. Uh, 1895, America's first auto race organized by the Chicago Times-Herald. It was Chicago to Evanston, Illinois, and backs. There were six cars, 55 miles. Frank DeRio wins with an average of seven miles per hour. In 1907, Haverville, Massachusetts, the scrap metal dealer Louis B. Mayer opens his first movie theater. 1914, in World War I, following a war-induced closure in July, the New York Stock Exchange reopens for bond training. 
1916, during the First World War, the first German attack on London. 1925, so 98 years ago, the Grand Ole Opry premieres as WSM Barn Dance on WSM Radio in Nashville, Tennessee. 1929, Richard E. Byrd makes his first South Pole flight. In 1933, a Dallas grand jury delivers a murder indictment against Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow for the January 1933 killing of Tarrant County Deputy Malcolm Davis. Look at this from a geo. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. Colorado's rules and regulations continue to make it more expensive to heat and cool your home. Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services works to continue to offer you proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs' team of certified professionals has extensive experience installing, repairing, and maintaining air conditioning, heating, and water heater systems. Johnny Stubbs Services is committed to providing exceptional service and ensuring your comfort, safety, and satisfaction. JohnnyStubbsServices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbsServices.com. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. I uh, wanted to give you just a few more interesting headlines. In 1960, I, uh, CBS Radio expands hour, hourly news coverage from 5 to to 10 minutes. That was the days when we were not bombarded with a 24-hour news cycle. A 2020, Joe Biden injures his foot playing with his dog, Major. Uh, I don't know if that was before or after he couldn't ride his bicycle. Can't quite remember. Uh, 2020, thousands of farmers begin entering Delhi to protest proposed agricultural uh, reforms. And, of course, that's where that's during COVID. Well, let's think here. Yes, that would have been during COVID, and that's, again, where the uh, the elites are starting to try to um, 
bear down on farmland, how much people can farm, fertilizer, all that. That was 2020, so three years ago. In 2022, uh, Merriam-Webster's word of the year is gaslighting, while Collins is permacrisis. So I think those were two new words that made it into into all of our definitions here. So let's see. Let's get over here to a little bit of news in the day. The um, Colorado Union of Taxpayers Board is in the process of uh, rating all of the different bills from the special session. Of course, the special session was the weekend before Thanksgiving. And uh, the special session was purported to give Coloradans property tax relief with these massive uh, property tax increases that we are facing. That did not really occur. There was a bit of a bait and switch. Uh, I would say that basically uh, it was Prop HH, uh, although the rating, I think, was that they didn't say it was Tabor refunds. It's more of a backdoor rating of our Tabor refunds. Uh, but we will be rating all of these different uh, pieces of legislation. There were 14 pieces that were presented where there only needed to be one, and uh, probably that was the Van Winkle bill that basically said we are going to cap uh, property taxes at, uh, it was right around 6%, but that died in committee, uh, but all kinds of other things, very onerous totalitarian things occurred. And so the uh, Colorado Union of Taxpayers Board is taking time to actually rate all these, and I would highly recommend that you go to our uh, website, that is coloradotaxpayer.org, and sign up for our uh, our um, emails that we'll we'll be we'll be sending this one out, and then you will get an email each week regarding legislation. Le- sorry, legislation down at the state house, so it will keep you informed on what is occurring down at the State House. Uh, we would love to have you join us as well, and that is $25. When you put your $25 in, you'll be signed up. And I do want to say thank you to this amazing group of volunteers. If you would like to join us to uh, come on the board and to rate these pieces of legislation, uh, reach out to us, and uh, we will um, we'll go through the process and, and let you know what it is and make sure that things uh, that we align. But again, to this this group of people, people of Colorado owe them a debt of gratitude. Since 1976, the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, which is an all-volunteer group, uh, has been rating legislation and has actually, even though we are in a bit of a totalitarian state here, we still have some freedom, and a lot of that is thanks to this amazing group. But uh, the current board is Steve Dorman, Greg Golianski, Russ Haas, Bill Hamill, Carl Honiger, Rob Knuth, John Nelson, Joseph O'Laughlin, Wendy Warner, and Marty Nelson. And when you see each and every one of them, say thank you and be sure and join us. And uh, we are doing a lot of great work and we're not going to give up. As um, I don't think that I shared this with you. I uh, went over, so I was down at the Capitol on the Friday of the special session. I was there all day. I did finally decide to leave it dark and bless our, our Republican legislators that were giving up time from their families to be there to just see these things railroaded. Uh, and they were there much later than I was, but I didn't want to be walking around downtown Denver um, by myself. And thank you to uh, my friend Sean that walked me to the car. Um, <clears throat> But uh, the, the next morning, I went down for the Tabor, uh, the rally to protect Tabor, 
and uh, it it was just wild that Saturday morning. There were pro-Palestinian uh, protesters that had gotten into the Capitol, just totally disrupting things. And for any of you that felt uh, right off of the, the top this narrative from the New York Times or any of the mainstream medias that uh, Hamas might have been warranted in their... Um, their murder, basically, of everyday Israeli citizens. Uh, we we are seeing that what this is playing out, and this is truly a terrorist group. And <clears throat> the Antifa of um, of the inauguration of right around Joe Biden's inauguration. So the Antifa group of January sixth uh, had moved into. Well, actually, let's back up. The Antifa BLM group of the Summer of Love of twenty twenty that then moved into the January 6th, uh, certainly were contributing factors to all that happened on January 6th. So they changed their clothes, or kind of didn't change their clothes. Now all they've done is they've added a, a, a pro-Palestinian flag around the uh, their heads, and they're just back to destroying things, disrupting things, not building things. And anyway, pro-Palestinian protesters had gotten into the um, Capitol, and so the Capitol was uh, locked down. They had to be; um, these people had to be removed. Uh, the gallery was closed. It was difficult to see what was going on. The radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party, making it di very difficult for any kind. There was no no debate. There was instead of just one particular bill to reduce our property taxes. There's 14 bills. It has uh, been truly a fiasco on what's happening down at the Capitol here in Colorado. So my um, my colleagues at uh, the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, we will be coming out with our um, email here very soon on our ratings on all of these particular bills. And so stay tuned, join us, say thank you, uh, all of those things. Uh, let's see, first headline that uh, I wanted to hit was that Chicago residents are suing the city to stop housing migrants in public spaces. And again, the uh, blue city Democrat mayors that are calling on the White House to do something, they're calling for more money to be sent to each of these cities to deal with the crisis. What needs to be done is the border needs to be closed, and then people need to be deported back to the places where, um, where I think that they, uh, they're, they're countries of origin. And uh, all of these NGOs, and many of them are... Charities that we have had great uh, affinity to, uh, and they have actually been taking government money to resettle these refugees throughout America. And so these uh, different NGOs, could be Lutheran Family Services, Catholic Charities, Salvation Army, uh, they actually should be actually paid to help find these people and help them find their way back to their countries of origin. And uh, that's what needs to be done. That's what needs these uh, blue uh, blue city mayors uh, need to be requesting that is done as well. Next thing that I wanted to mention, and that is that the homemade chicken dinner uh, now costs 40% more than five years ago. And again, this is not because uh, things have just gotten magically more expensive. This is because of public policy 
uh, government-induced inflation, and uh, that is hurting everyday people. So you have 40% more to put food on the table. Uh, Energy uh, prices are up so significantly to fuel your car, to fuel your life, to pay for your heating uh, in the summer, your air conditioning in, let's see, heating in the the winter and air conditioning in the summer. Uh, All of these things are contributing to make it more and more difficult for everyday Americans. And then we are taxed and feed more so that we can pay for all of these terrible policies of the Democrat uh, administrations throughout, not only on your local government, but county, uh, state, and federal government. And while I talk about our local government, uh, people may have an R behind their name, but that does not mean that they actually espouse these values that are being espoused by the Republican Party of smaller government, lower taxes, and... uh, uh, you know, protecting the American people, the American idea, doing the proper things that government is supposed to be doing and not doing the things that government is not supposed to be doing. And um, so uh, we need to make sure that we know who these people are that we are electing and that we hold them accountable. Uh, I did, and we'll probably delve into this um This next thing a bit more, but this was super interesting up in Loveland. Uh, Loveland City Council, this is from page two from the Independence Institute. The Loveland City Council unwinds an urban renewal deal. The public subsidies are at the heart of the controversy. And once again, if from a public policy standpoint, if different entities can um, actually hold their own economically, that's great. If not, we need to stop that. So the show comes to you because I have a number of great sponsors. One of those great sponsors is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. How I got to know them, it's a very important story about freedom and free markets and capitalism. And you can find that at my website. You go to my sponsor tab, go to the Hooters tab. But it was actually a story that was before its time. So again, Hooters Restaurants is a great sponsor of the show. Uh, Another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. We'll talk with him uh, here in just a a little bit. Uh, Actually, no, we're going to be talking with John Boson a little bit later. But also wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation, a great place to buy your brick to uh, honor the military service of your loved one, and also the Center for American Values, which is located right down here in Pueblo, Colorado. Be sure and check them out at AmericanValuesCenter.org. We'll be right back with Roger. Boson Law fights for clients who've been injured or family members who have lost a loved one due to the careless, reckless, or wrongful conduct of others. Whether injured in a car accident, suffered an injury due to a product or bad pharmaceutical drug, or need help fighting for medical care and benefits following an accident at work, don't go it alone and uninformed. Boson Law is the law firm you need in your corner. Time is of the essence with any personal injury claim. Call 303-999-9999 to schedule your complimentary consultation. That number again is 303-999-9999. Call now. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. 
Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You can do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And before we get into a conversation with Professor Bruce Gilley, I wanted to mention the Center for American Values, which is located. Uh, right here in Pueblo, Colorado, on the beautiful Riverwalk. And Pueblo is known the, uh, as the home of heroes because there are four Medal of Honor recipients that grew up in Pueblo. And so uh, a great thing to do this holiday season is put the family in the car and go down to the Center for American Values uh, and um, see the beautiful portraits of valor at the Center for American Values. And more information, that website is AmericanValuesCenter.org. On the line with me is Professor Bruce Gilley, and he's a professor of political science at Portland State University, and uh, wanted to talk with him about colonialism. Professor Gilly, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here, Kim. Colonialism. Uh, it's so interesting. When um, the publicist reached out about your book, The Case for Colonialism, Professor Gilly, for many years, I, I think the kids in in our, ed, our our educational system have been taught that colonialism, imperialism is evil. And so when uh, I saw this, your book, The Case for Colonialism, this really piqued my interest. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a word that uh, was not always a dirty word. You have to go back to about the 19, mid-1950s when colonialism became a dirty word, because prior to that, uh, it was considered uh, the most natural and normal thing. Certainly, throughout history, colonialism and empires have been the normal way that uh, people organize themselves, which is to say places with better governing systems tend to spread to places with worse governing systems. Everyone accepted that as normal. European colonialism was probably the greatest example of the benefits of that, and that was accepted by, by everyone, including the colonized, until very late in the day. Uh, in the 1950s. And then for the last sort of half century, it's been a dirty word. And uh, intellectuals and academics and school teachers have been busy trying to decolonize uh, history and tell their school children that uh, colonialism is evil. And I'm just trying to remind people that it's pretty clear that the benefits far, far outweighed the costs. 
Well, and it's it seems like there's kind of this utopia that's trying to be painted about anything before Western civilization, that everything was just a kumbaya utopia throughout Africa, Asia, North America. But there's that could not be further from the truth. Absolutely. So the, the key thing with this question is uh, what was there before? And then what would have happened absent Western colonial rule? Um, and what was there before was very clearly uh, terribly violent, underdeveloped, um, brutally sadistic, uh, tyrannical societies, uh, many of them living in the Stone Age. Uh, Native American tribes had not even invented the wheel in many cases unless they had learned it from the Spanish. Um, Africa was a series of tribal despotisms. Uh, the Middle East was uh, warring Arabs. Um, and so you can go around the world, and it's pretty clear that, that there was nothing nice going on in the world until the Western colonial system came and established some basic ideas like the rule of law, like property rights, like fundamental freedoms, like representative government, like the market economy. And, and then you can see the, the, the human betterment just starts improving right off the bat. Um, but, of course, you're right. The, that then leads to a, a, a sort of idealization of the past, saying, oh, no, we were – we were we had uh, these strong communities and pseudo democracies, and it's it's nonsense, uh, and it lives on a kind of uh, form of uh, old age Western romanticism about the about the, uh, the the noble savage and and how much better his life was than the alienated Western society, but it's nonsense. Well, but what has happened? I mean, we, we talk about the these noble things of Western uh, civilization, but uh, I, I each um, day I'm going through a day in history, and yesterday I reported that in, uh, let's see, it was, I think, 1493, let me get to it, uh, Christopher, Christopher Columbus returns to the, the La Nevedad colony, finding it destroyed by the first Native American uprising against Spanish rule. Uh, the chief had led his people to attack the settlement after the brutal treatment they received from the garrison who disobeyed, um, disobeyed Columbus's orders. So you see Western civilization does some not noble things, and of course those those things are, are held up to undercut Western civilization. How do you address something like this with your students, Professor Gilly? Well, first of all, keep in mind that the only reason we know about 1493 is because Western civilization has a very strong self-critical element to it, and it tends to record and inquire into and criticize and try and correct its misdoing. So the only reason we know anything about all the bad stuff that happened during the colonial era is because Western civilization itself documented it and inquired into it and held to account those who had done misdeeds and wrote books about it and tried to make sure it wouldn't happen again. I mean, this is a uniquely Western civilizational norm, which is to be self-critical of ourselves and to record it and to debate it. Uh, you know, we don't know about all the horrible things in Native American societies they don't remember them. They couldn't even memorialize them if they if they did. And even if they did, they would have been smeared over with this romanticism of the goodness of their civilization. So, you know, first of all, just keep in mind that all the information we have about bad things that happened under Western colonialism, in some ways, is a, is a feature of why Western colonialism was so good, because it tended to take take note of things when they went wrong and try and correct them. 
So let's talk a, a bit about North America, uh, colonialism here. And so one of the, the, the tenets of Western civilization or the American idea is property rights. And Professor Gilly, it seems to me like we get property rights clouded a bit because uh, under this anti-colonialism, and talking about the Indians, the Native Americans, uh, there's this kind of this argument that the Indians had property rights to all of America and that colonialism uh, is overriding those property rights. How would you address that? Well, it's it's pure anachronism. There was no such thing as recognized property rights in Native American societies. Native American societies were conquest societies. They were imperial societies. Uh, they didn't have fixed boundaries. Their boundaries depended on who was able to expand and conquer and subjugate other tribes at any given time. That's well known. Um, so to appeal to property rights claims is to appeal to a Western norm that came with Western colonialism. So it's kind of like trying to have your cake and eat it, too. You you want the Western norms of property rights, but you don't want the Western civilization that came with it. And it seems to me you, you can't have it both ways. Uh, secondly, you know, most Native American tribes actually were quite friendly and peaceable towards Western colonization and Western settlement because they were invariably facing some form of, of native native invasion themselves from a rival tribe, uh, they often moved closer to Western settlement areas because life was better closer to the white man. It was better because you had food, because you had medicine, because you had a settled polity that would offer protection. Um, you know, all these things were things that were recognized early on, and it's, it's only very late, you know, in, again, in the sort of mid-19th century, 1940s, 50s, where you know, Native American culture, which had been assimilationist and integrationist in its views of white settlement, suddenly changed into being uh, anti-white, anti-colonization, um, and starting to paint this utopia of, of pre-settlement civilization. Um, and also keep in mind in North America, I mean, if, if the British and French had not colonized this continent, uh, it would have been the Spanish or the Russians. Uh, and if not them, eventually the Latin Americans uh, and their post-colonial Spanish and Portuguese countries would have been here. So, you know, there's no there's no feasible reality in which Native American tribes kind of wander around North American plains at peace with no outside influences. If nothing else, European diseases would have come, probably European technology. So we need to be realistic about, you know, what was possible for the North American continent. So one of the things that I hear from students, Professor Gilly, is, uh, again, I think in this uh, anti-colonialism, easy for me to say, and uh, uh, anti-Western civilization, is they bring up the Trail of Tears. So what do you say to that? And, and, And explain to our listeners what the Trail of Tears is. Uh, Well, the Trail of Tears was one of many instances where white settlement, uh, which was coming on, uh, you know, because of the large population influx, was forcing Native tribes into a choice. And the choice was, was this, either integrate into white society or move into settlement areas, which, which became reservations or set-aside areas. And 
this process in the in the West, I mean the West meaning west of the Mississippi, so the Midwest and the West today, was incredibly chaotic because governance systems were very weak. A lot of these places were territories, not states. Um, and the places where they were being settled were constantly changing because of white settlement. So, you know, the Trail of Tears is one instance where, you know, the, the, the chaos of the conditions leads to a high mortality rate of Indians being resettled. You can give lots of examples of that. You know, we can agree that uh, mistakes were made, that the policy choices were bad ones, that more provisions should have made that have been made for those who were who were forced into these reservations, all legitimate criticisms and criticisms that have been made again and again. But that's different from saying the white man shouldn't have been there, that somehow Native society should have been left untouched, that some you know, Great Wall of China should have been erected around the North American continent uh, and some uh, kind of utopia left in place here. That's just not a feasible alternative. So you're talking about criticisms of the Trail of Tears or, or, or Indian resettlement in general. You, know, you have to come up with a realistic alternative to what was possible and feasible in the circumstances. Well, and uh, I think that's that's where the narrative goes off the rails a bit in our education system is is that there's kind of a picking and choosing of the the narrative instead of trying to give us the all of the above, Professor Gilly. And I could give you another example. You're you're based in Colorado, correct? Correct. So I just finished a long essay on uh, the History Colorado Center's reopened exhibit on the Sand Creek Massacre of 1864. And you may know that uh, this was a, uh, a um, conflict between the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes and white settlers who had come into Colorado mainly from the gold rush of 1858 and then onwards. Um, in which uh, this was the middle of the American Civil War. One of the two Colorado regiments was away fighting for the Union. Uh, a voluntary militia was raised to try and keep peace. There was a, uh, because of the weakened security situation, the Cheyenne and Arapaho started to um, make increased attacks on white settlers in the spring and summer of 1864. But 210 white settlers were killed and butchered by the Indians. Uh, the voluntary militia then pursued them and made what was probably an unnecessary and ill-advised attack on an Indian camp at Sand Creek in 1864, leaving somewhere between 150 and 200 dead. So there's the history. History Colorado Center opened an exhibit on it in 2012, which offered three perspectives, uh, the perspective of the Indian, the perspective of the soldier, and the perspective of the settler. Now, you might say, okay, that's good history. You know, let's look at the different perspectives. Let's understand why people act differently, why this has been a source of debate ever since. But what happened then was the exhibit was shut down by the tribes claiming that offering any perspective except the indigenous perspective was racist and colonialist. And so History Colorado Center completely caved in, allowed the tribes to tell the whole story and vet everything in it. The new one opened last year. And the new one is a complete farce. 
it's not history. It's just mythology. It talks about a peaceful and and community-oriented tribes who were set upon by genocidal whites and that ever since, you know, it's been impossible to barely survive as a Cheyenne because you've been traumatized by the Sand Creek Massacre, which was like eight generations ago. So this is called decolonizing history. And this decolonized history is not history at all. It's just farce. It's mythology. And our cultural institutions have allowed themselves to be captured by this decolonized movement. And it's essentially making us stupider. Uh, we, we were much smarter about history even only 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Professor Bruce Gilling, I'm talking with him. He is the uh, professor of political science at Portland State University. We're talking with him about his book on the case for colonialism. We get to do this because of sponsors. One of those is Lauren Levy. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Shooting outside can be limited, but at Franktown Firearms 10-lane, 30-yard indoor range, the weather is always just right. Franktown's range supports handguns, shotguns, rifles up to 50 caliber, and even black powder loads. And safety equipment is provided for free. Since Franktown's range is connected with their gun store, they have a full selection of rental firearms so you can try before you buy to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And if you become a member at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you can even access the range after hours. The range is very well ventilated with fresh air constantly, so you can breathe easy while you shoot. Most importantly, Franktown Firearms is a family-owned and operated gun store. At Franktown, you will be treated with respect as their client because they want you to be confident with your shooting and keep coming back. So use your own gun or try a new one on the range at Franktown Firearms today. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to find out more. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Professor Bruce Gilley. He is a professor of political science at Portland State University. And we are talking about his book, The Case for Colonialism. And so let's talk about India and Gandhi and uh, just that whole th- thing regarding uh, Western 
imperialism, colonialism. How do you address that with your students, Professor Gilly? So India is really important because, uh, you know, depending on how you count it, um, it's probably accounts for maybe two thirds or even 75 percent of the modern Western colonial experience just because of the number of people involved. So, um, you know, if you're going to if you're going to make a case for colonialism or a case against colonialism, um, your case better include India, because if it doesn't include India, it's probably not a very good case. You know, that's just one of the brute facts we need to keep in mind here. It's also why the debate on India has loomed so large in debates on Western colonialism, because clearly, you know, uh, if you can make the case that colonialism was a bad idea or had bad consequences in India, then you pretty much won the argument. And then by the same token, if you can make the case that colonialism was beneficial to India, it uh, left a great legacy in India, then again, you've kind of made the case for colonialism. So um, I do spend a lot of time in the book and in, in public debates and in the classroom talking about the India case. Um, one thing to keep in mind with India is it's a caste society, right? So it's a society uh, in which the Hindu culture divided people based on castes, which are descriptive identities that you inherited. And most of the people who didn't like British colonialism came from the upper caste. They were, they were Brahmins, right? They were upper caste Hindus who if the British colonialists hadn't showed up, would have been uh, ruling the roost uh, in their Maharaja palaces, um, having people, uh, you know, kiss their feet and clean up their poop and serve them and whatnot. So it is true that British colonialism was a uh, distasteful to the upper caste Brahmins because it essentially displaced them as the ruling elites of India. But for all the rest of the Indians, uh, it, British colonialism was a gift. Uh, it uh, helped to break down the caste system. It gave people opportunities from the lower caste they would never have had, created uh, broad-based economic growth, public health education, created infrastructure so that the middle class and the entrepreneurial class could rise uh, and even become richer than the Maharajas who started to sink into kind of decrepitude. Um, and so when you look at the people who argue against British colonialism in India today, uh, especially if they're South Asian descent and usually at American and, and Canadian and British universities, uh, they're almost all from the upper caste of, of, of Hindu society. Um, so they've inherited this kind of anti-British snobbery, which really has nothing to do with what British colonialism did in India. It's more to do with this idea of having been you know, culturally displaced by the British and the fact that lower caste Indians much prefer to be ruled by the relatively fair-minded and uh, equal-opportunity British than they prefer to be ruled by their former tormentors, the upper-caste Brahmins. Well, and speaking of the caste system, um, with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy running for president, and he's indicated that he's Hindu, however, he espouses these Western ideals of self-governance, individual freedom, and it's difficult to match those two things up with the Hindu Religion. So I was talking with a, a friend of mine about that, and I said because the Hindu re- religion has this caste system, which is antithetical to individual rights. And my friend said, well, the caste system has been outlawed in India. Is is that the case now, uh, Professor Gilly? 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think one of the great gifts of British colonialism to India was to put in place a system of governance based on equality, based on equal human rights, based on parliamentary democracy and the equality of voters in a parliamentary democracy. And um, the result of that is we can now look at India, um, you know, 60 years after independence and say, yeah, the caste system has been significantly weakened. And then the other thing that really helped dismantle the caste system was just the market economy, uh, because the people who thrive in the market economy tend to be those those people who may be originally from middle castes or lower castes who, you know, as in a market economy, you have a good idea, you provide a good good or service, and you profit and you become wealthy. And those typically were not the upper caste Brahmins, but the lower and the middle caste. So the market economy has been tremendous for leveling of Indian society. So I would say, yeah, the caste system has been significantly broken down. And many Indians today, uh, you know, do have more democratic, egalitarian views of society. You know, after all, um, Christian society, Jewish society, Muslim society also started out very hierarchical. And, you know, uh, Western civilization started to level that out. Um, It is happening in India. I would just say that, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't espouse the ideals of human rights and equality and at the other time be in a critic of British colonialism in India because British colonialism in India is what brought those things to the subcontinent, not just India, of course, but the other countries that are legacies of British India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, and Sri Lanka. Okay, so with India, with what's happening in the geopolitical arena right now uh, with China, you know, uh, gaining more and more control, it seems like it's not in India's best interest for China to be pushing out Western civilization. It seems like India would be more of a protector of Western civilization, um, colonialism, if you will. So what do you think about that? Well, India still has this cultural hang-up of thinking of itself as more spiritual and more moral than the West. Um, and this is just this goes back to a kind of upper caste Hindu snobbery. Um, and I suppose, you know, many civilizations uh, feel that way ultimately. I mean, every civilization, I guess, has a, a certain sense of uh, self-love, um, and the Hindus are no different. Um, but what's different is that India has been kind of playing this card since 1947, since independence, um, thinking of itself as the moral conscience of the world, you know, even as Indian society has been rife with uh, Muslim Hindu butchery and caste system legacies and horrible degrading poverty caused by the socialist ideals of the Indian founding fathers like Nehru. Um, And India just can't seem to shake that idea um, that it's somehow a more moral and spiritual place than any Western country. And and the, the, the result of that is it can't quite bring itself to become an ally of the West in the way that, let's say, the Japanese or the Taiwanese um, have made themselves allies of the West by saying, look, you know, th- this system that was brought to us, uh, you know, is a, is a better way to organize society, and we consider ourselves every much uh, as much uh, inheritors of it as any Western country. The, the, the Indians still suffer from this kind of Brahmin upper caste snobbery towards the West. And the result of that is geopolitically, they just can never bring themselves to ally 
with the West, even when it comes to China's expansion in South Asia. Uh, you know, China's now very close to Indian borders with uh, ports and military facilities all across the uh, Indian Ocean. But, um, you know, it causes problems for the West. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, something that has been said about India a lot recently by Western countries is, look, we're never going to be friends or allies with India. But that doesn't mean we can't cooperate on matters like the rise of China. Wow. Okay. I'm going to change gears just a little bit then on this last part of the the interview. And what about Africa, the Middle East, Asia, Latin America? Uh, I mean, this these areas are in disarray. What would you say to that? Yeah, they're mainly in disarray because, uh, well, put it this way, the places that are in disarray that were former colonies are in disarray because they have repudiated too much of their colonial legacy. And the few places that are actually still thriving or relatively decent places to live are still thriving and decent because they have embraced and carried on their colonial legacy. So, you know, I just compare a place like Singapore uh, which was very clear from the beginning that they were going to carry on the colonial system, as was Malaysia, uh, became Malaya and then Malaysia. Um, and in South America, you would look at a place like uh, Belize, uh, the former British Honduras, or any of the former British colonies in the Caribbean, Bermuda, the Bahamas, uh, Barbados, um, where they said, look, we're, we're not going to decolonize, we're going to keep our colonial legacy. Um, you know, those are the places that have done well. And um, in South Southern Africa, of course, Botswana has always been the case where, you know, they decolonized, but they didn't give up on the British colonial legacy and, and was, you know, one of the few stable democratic places in Africa. Uh, even Ghana, the former Gold Coast of British colonialism, um, having gone through a nightmare of dictatorship, has come back and reclaimed its British colonial legacy. They even brought the British back to help them rebuild their police uh, force. Um, you know, so those places have done well. On the other hand, look at a place like Zimbabwe or look at a place like Guatemala, um, and you can see very clearly the, the terrible consequences of saying we're going to, you know, kick the Westerners out, we're going to destroy the Western system, uh, we're going to have an authentic African or authentic Latin American governance system. Um, Zimbabwe is... is as good as you're ever going to get to a poster child for the problems of anti-colonialism. used to be one of the most stable, beautiful, uh, food-producing, prosperous countries in southern Africa, and it's now an, a failed state that, that can't even manage its currency. Wow. Professor Bruce Gilley, uh, this book, that, uh, The Case for Colonialism, as we are coming into um, the um, uh, fall, well, I guess Christmas break or Hanukkah break uh, from universities, kids are going to be coming home, people are going to be sitting around having discussions. This seems to me like a really good book that people should read before the kids come home from college to have an important discussion. What's your final thought about all of this, Professor Bruce Gilley? Well, that's right. I mean, if the purpose of the book is to start a conversation that has stopped ha happening, then it will have served its purposes. And I find actually that young people who approach me say to me, you know, I, I know these old uh, ogre professors have tried to attack you and censor you, including your faculty union. But, you know, I think they're being silly. I think we should have this conversation. So if the book starts the conversation, uh, then it will have served its purpose. 
Well, absolutely. So, Professor Bruce Gilley, thank you so much. And again, that book is The Case for Colonialism, and it's Professor Bruce Gilley, G-I-L-L-E-Y. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a lot of fun doing it. Okay. And our quote for the end of the show is from, let's see, I think it was, who did I pull this from here, Joe? It's from Von Mises. This is the essential characteristic of Western civilization that distinguishes it from the arrested and petrified civilizations of the past and the East is that it's... Uh, concern for freedom from the state. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over government force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, Nicole, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday, producer Joe. Happy Tuesday, Kim. You know, I we uh, had pre-recorded everything for last week for Thanksgiving week, and it was great to have some time off. And I I feel like I've been a little rusty. I was a little rusty yesterday, but uh, it seems like we're getting back in the groove. How about you, Producer Joe? I think we're definitely getting back in the groove. I woke up on Monday definitely going... I don't know about today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. A 6 a.m. hit is, uh, it certainly is early, but uh, we're like the Marines. We have a whole day's work done by noon, uh, so we get a lot done. Uh, so great show pl- uh, planned for you for the rest of the week. I thought the conversation with Dr. Bruce Gilley regarding colonialism was super interesting. And again, a lot of these conversations are going to be so good uh, as uh, the kids are coming home for a Christmas break and all these different conversations, these different books. You guys all have all kinds of homework to do. 
so again, a great conversation. We'll be talking with Dr. Jeff Barkey here in just a little bit, as well as uh, one of our great sponsors, John Boson. So check out our website. That's kimmunson.com. That's K-I-M-M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at kim at kimmunson.com as well. And I have so many great sponsors. and want to say thank you today to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil & Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show. Uh, we are truly an independent voice, and we are on the forefront of all of these issues. And we, this is no longer Republican versus Democrat or right versus left. This is right versus wrong. This is the American idea or not. And uh, the American idea has, has been better <laughs> for not only Americans, but for people f uh, throughout the world. And there is a reason why people are trying to come to America across our border. We don't see this, well, I guess we see a little bit of this happening in, in Western Europe, but we certainly don't see people storming the border for Cuba or for China or North Korea or um, any of those other totalitarian states. And uh, when I say totalitarian state, that makes me think of Colorado. Um, and so we must continue to sh uh, shed light on everything that is going on. Let's get to our word of the day. It's endemic. It's E-N-D-E-M-I-C. And it means natural or a characteristic of a specific people or place, native, uh, indigenous, or belonging exclusively or confined uh, to a particular place. So I, I uh, came up with this sentence. I said, totalitarianism is apparently endemic to polis and the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party in Colorado. Moderate Democrats, libertarians, unaffiliated, conservatives, and Republicans, this big, broad middle, all of us, we want our state back. So our quote for the uh, show, I went to Von Mises, said the struggle for freedom is ultimately not resistance to autocrats or oligarchs, but is resistance to the despotism of public opinion. Next thing I did want to get to this, uh, this headline. This is from the center square and the headline is this. It says Denver schools adopt language justice policy with goal to support native languages. Quite frankly, if people want to speak a native language, then they must, should probably stay in their native country. And the idea that first of all, we would have people that storm our border, uh, while everyday Coloradans, little families, they're trying to keep it together, they're paying high taxes, inflation is really, um, taxes and fees, uh, they're paying for everybody else. And if, if we don't pay for everything, everybody else, then we are, are penalized. But yet these people are receiving free things. And now this is, this is from Denver. The Denver School District is among the first in the country to adopt a language justice policy as a long-term goal. The district would encourage non-English speaking students to be able to use their native language to learn as opposed to being educated in English, which advocates say is oppressive and rooted in racism. Well, if this is an oppressive and racist country, then why are people trying to come here? It seems to me like they would want to stay in their non-oppressive and their non-racist countries. And uh, back during the... the, the um, 
the huge migration from Europe back in the early 1900s, when people were coming from Western Europe, when they got to America, they might speak their native language in their, their homes, but it was important to become American, to be able to speak English. And uh, here we have this as reverse. So if people want to uh, stay in a non-oppressive, non-racist uh, place, then maybe they should stay in the, the, the place that is native to them. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, let's, uh, let's continue that discussion. But again, this will be all kinds of money that will be going into Denver Public Schools, taking away from uh, all of the other students to focus on uh, students that, that have come here uh, illegally. And again, if, if they want to speak a, a native language, probably need to stay in their native countries. Um, the show comes to you because I have great sponsors. One of those is Boson Law, and John Boson is on the line. John, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Uh, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. We had an awesome one. I hope you did. Uh, I did as well. I actually uh, I got a, quite a bit of rest this Thanksgiving season, so we are, you know, in the saddle ready to to hit it again. But as we're coming into the holiday season, unfortunately, sometimes people have something tough that has happened to them, and when that happens, first of all, good advice and getting advice quickly is super important, John. Kim, it is critical. And this time of year, around the holidays, uh, stuff happens more frequently. There's more accidents. There's, there's more situations that come up. Uh, more people on the roads, for, for example, motor vehicle accidents. And folks get involved in an accident. The most important thing they can do is to call me, get timely, good advice as quickly as possible in terms of what to do, what not to do. But what happens, and we see it every single year, um, folks get involved in something, they put off making that phone call, and it results oftentimes in, in situations that never should have happened. Uh, it hurts their position. It hurts their claim because they, they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to um, have anything to do with it until really after the holiday season huge mistake, huge mistake. So I'd, I'd encourage anyone, uh, if, if you get involved in a situation, uh, you slip in a restaurant on Greece that should not have been where it was in the pathway, you know, for patrons the, uh, to walk on. You get involved in an accident, you think, uh, I'm hurt, but I'm, I'm going to wait to see the doctor. I'm going to wait to call anybody. I just don't want to deal with this. That is the wrong inclination. That is the wrong decision to make. Um, if, is if is that human nature, though, uh, John, to to actually try to put it off? And so, is it to actually make that call to be to be organized to call John um, John Boson at Boson Law? Is that antithetical to human nature? For some of us, yeah. For some of us, it is. Uh, and a lot of folks have an attitude, and it's not a bad attitude. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see if. Uh, this will get better on its own. I, I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, make something out of nothing. And I hear that a lot. But that is the wrong thing to do. It may be their their natural inclination, but it is the wrong thing to do. For example, if someone gets involved in an auto accident, it's not their fault. They're hurt. 
it may be their inclination. I'm going to wait a couple weeks. If it goes away, then that's great. Uh, but two weeks pass, it doesn't go away. Now they put themselves in a very bad situation. They haven't seen a doctor. They haven't got documentation that what they have, injuries, uh, what their symptoms are, are related to the auto accident. The insurance company will make an argument. There's no question about it. If you were hurt, you would have gone to see a doctor. You would have gone to the emergency room, uh, urgent care. You would have seen someone before you let two weeks go by. And sometimes it's a month, and that really is damaging to, to a person's potential ability to uh, get justice to recover for injuries they suffered. So folks need to call, get advice. Well, and um, well, and trusted, a, a trusted vo- um, representative uh, such as you Bo- and Boson Lodge on Boson. Absolutely. So uh, we offer a free consultation, um, and I urge folks, time is always of the essence. Do not wait. You find yourself or a loved one in a situation where they've been injured, no fault of their own. They need to call for a consultation at 303-999-9999. Again, that's John Boson, Boson Law, 303-999-9999. John, have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Kim, you too. Keep fighting the fight. Uh, I certainly will because this is, this is worth it for sure, John. And thank you for your partnership in making this happen. Have a great rest of your show, Kim. Okay. Uh, another sponsor that makes all this happen is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team, and they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection to your cars, your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan Team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I want to say thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil and Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show. And uh, if the show comes to you because of all of these great sponsors, we truly are an independent voice. And uh, we are on, on an independent station as well. And, and um, we get to do this because, again, of uh, great sponsors. I did want to mention the uh, United States Marine Corps um, USMC Memorial Foundation. As you know, this is a nonprofit that I dearly love. With all the work that I do with veterans, I've gotten to know Paula Sarles, who is the president and her team. And Paula is uh, works diligently with her team to raise the money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial. And my friends, as we see those that are trying to tear down our history, tear down uh, our memories, tear down our memorials, now more than ever, it's, it's important to honor them. So you can go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org uh, and uh, make a contribution, or you can buy a brick, which is a wonderful gift, which will be on one of their walkways of service. It's a wonderful gift for Christmas or Hanukkah. More information, go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. I'm so pleased to have on the line with me, you know him, he is uh, nationally known, and that is Dr. Jeff Barkey. Jeff, welcome to the show. Kim, great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, and I, I, actually, I should call you Dr. Barkey. You are famous. Through the whole COVID thing, uh, things changed in your life. Give us a little bit uh, of a, your journey. What happened from, from, I'd say, just being a doctor to being a famous doctor? Well, listen, I don't really uh, wear that uh, hat or label of being famous. It's, it was never my desire to, to be famous or well-known. It's not, not who I am. It's not what I do. Uh, but I was uh, kind of thrust into this position uh, involuntarily, uh, but realized it was important because of the voice that I was given. Early in the pandemic, uh, I live in coastal Orange County in Southern California. Early in the pandemic, I was invited to Riverside County. For those of you not familiar with uh, Southern California, Riverside is inland, oh, probably about 90 miles. And normally, coastal people don't go to Riverside. First of all, our freeway system is terrible. It'd be like over an hour drive. It was during the week, uh, during COVID, early on, I was invited out to Riverside. The Riverside County Board of Supervisors was meeting and there was a rally before this meeting to encourage them to allow Riverside County to open up. This was when everything was closed. I begrudgingly said, yes, I'll come out. And when I came out, I was asked to speak a few hundred people at this rally. Um, and then this, uh, this talk, five minutes worth, was, uh, was videotaped. Following that, I wanted to send the videotape to my kids. Um, they live... One was living in D.C., one in Milwaukee, and I don't know about you and your listeners, but you know we communicate via text message and things of that sort. So I tried to send it, and I kept getting a message, file too long. It's a five-minute video. Finally, the rally organizer, Desiree, came up and said, well, why don't you just post it on Facebook, and they can see it there. 
And so that's what happened. My talk was posted on Facebook, and within minutes, I was getting communication from around the world, media outlets, physicians, patients. Uh, I guess whatever it was that I said, and I didn't quite understand, resonated. And then looking back at this video, the line I think that made sense to everybody and that really gave me this voice was I held up a copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. I always carry that around with me. And I said, this document was never designed to restrict we the people. This document was designed to restrict the government. And the opposite was happening during COVID. And it was that line, not my line. I stole it from somebody. I don't know where I heard it from, but I just repeated it, resonated. And when you look back and you realize what we allowed, and it was literally, we allowed this to happen, um, had never happened before in our country's history where hospitals and doctor's office said, no, you can't come into my office because you're sick. I mean, we've never done that before. Tell sick people not to come into the hospital or your office. We closed down businesses, but only small businesses. We allowed the big box businesses, the Costco's and Walmart's to remain open. And then we did something I've never seen or read about ever. We told churches and places of worship that they must close down. We literally in one fell swoop, took away people's First Amendment rights to practice their religious faith. And at the same time, we said to Planned Parenthood, marijuana dispensaries and liquor stores, you could remain open. Now, looking back, maybe it was a good idea to have liquor stores open because for some of us that helped get us through COVID. (laughs) But it was crazy what we allowed to happen during this whole COVID pandemic. What should have happened is the following. Here's what should have happened. We, the people, said no, the end. That's what should have happened. And I hope the next round, when, not if, when it happens, it will be different. So you say I'm famous. I don't like to look at myself that way. I simply gave a talk that went viral. And then I stood up and I spoke out. uh, And I wanted to be a voice of what I think many, many people felt, but didn't have the courage or the platform to speak up and to say something is wrong with what's going on. The way we're being treated, the way we're allowing ourselves to be treated from all government agencies, the way we shut down and prevented physicians from rendering early treatment for COVID, even today it continues to be difficult. And then we pushed an untested, in my opinion, unsafe vaccination upon the world. And we're seeing ramifications from that today as this uh, COVID you know, tyranny continues to march on, and uh, I, I hope, uh, but I'm not sure that we've learned our lessons of what happened during, uh, during the whole COVID years just a few years ago. Well, you know, one of the things, Dr. Barkey, that I am encouraged about is uh, there were, I mean, I know many people that I care deeply about, people that are freedom people. Uh, they they got the vaccination because they wanted to see grandchildren or wanted to travel. I mean, the coercion that was occurring to say you have to do this if you want to just live life regular, you know, how it used to be to be normal. And 
I, I was just aghast at it. But as we were walking through it, it was difficult. I never dreamed that it was going to be an act of defiance for me to walk into my grocery store without a mask on. I mean, I remember I kind of had to steal myself to go into the grocery store and and do that. But it was important that, 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 that we do that. But it was such a... Um, it was an evil time, I have to say, Dr. Barkey. I agree with you, Kim, and in many ways uh, that evil is still there, and we need to remember that. We need to push back on it, and we need to have the courage uh, to fight against it. You know, masks are but one example, um, and, the, you know, listen, the science is clear. I, I just flew back from Thanksgiving where I was visiting my, uh, my daughter, and there is still a half a dozen people on the airplane with a mask on. And it's so interesting to me because if you just think through it logically, first of all, masks can't and don't prevent the spread of a respiratory viral illness. The virus is simply too small. So if you're wearing a mask because you think it is protecting you from the general public, you are you are completely misguided. And that's not why people wear masks. They wear masks because they're fearful, uh, because it gives them a sense of anonymity. Uh, because now they've been indoctrinated and um, ingrained in this fear, fearful community. And if you're wearing a mask because you think somehow whatever it is you have, a cold or whatever, that that mask is going to protect the rest of us from you, again, stay the heck home if you're sick, because that mask is offering little, if any, protection against you spreading whatever it is that you have to other people. So it's it's just so uh, dystopian uh, that there are still people that are walking around with masks on, especially the ones that are driving in their car or walking outdoors by themselves. Yet this is the culture of fear that we have cultivated. So, you know, during this pandemic, I realized that not, not only do we have to overcome this culture of fear, but we have to reteach people a generation worth, if not more, of, of how to literally take care of themselves again. We've lost the art of natural care, our food supply is polluted. It's filled with artificial ingredients. We consume way too much sugar. Our drinking water, in my opinion, the stuff that comes out of our tap is not safe to consume. I call it now government water. If you're drinking tap water, for example, Kim, you're allowing your local government agency to tell you what level of fluoride, chlorine, arsenic, cadmium, and other heavy metals are safe for you to consume. I don't trust the government, and I'm not going to trust them with my health. I don't think it's safe for anybody to be drinking tap water. Now, of course, if you don't have access to purified water or filtered water, and that's the only thing you have, of course, that's fine. You must drink it. But for most of us, we need to get a filter system to filter out all that garbage that's in our water. We need to read ingredients. We need to take care of, our, care of ourselves better. We need to detoxify our life. We need to stop putting fluoride in our mouth in the form of toothpaste, aluminum under our arms in the form of antiperspirants, and it goes on and on and on. That's why 50% of our population has at least one chronic disease. 40% of our children are obese and has chronic disease. Um, we have just done such a poor job over the last generation uh, of improving our health, of eating clean, of taking care of ourselves, and we're seeing the consequences, which, by the way, is, is why I released a book recently called Morning Message, Dispelling the Myths You've Been Told About Optimal Health. It's not controversial. It's an easy read. It's just all about how to take care of yourself, 
both from your mind, body, and soul. Morningmessage.com, your listeners can get it. It's a simple, easy read, a fun book to have over the holidays as well. Uh, The foreword I'm so proud of was written by uh, somebody who has become my dear friend, who's a patient of mine, and that's Kirk Cameron. Uh, In addition, Will Witt, formerly of PragerU, wrote a foreword for me. Uh, and then the Surgeon General of the State of Florida, Dr. Joe Wadapo, who I got to know as a member of America's Frontline Doctors, also wrote a forward for me. So it's a book about optimal health and how to take care of yourself. There's nothing controversial in it unless you think taking care of yourself and, uh, and detoxing your life is controversial. And I, I hope you don't. Um, so that's been sort of my journey over the last several years. Uh, and I had a reawakening of thinking about rethinking about everything I was taught in my traditional medical school. I'm an MD. Uh, I went to school at the University of California, Irvine uh, Medical College. Uh, much of what I was taught, it turns out, is BS. And so much of what I wasn't taught is critically important, like nutrition and toxicology and immunology uh, and um and it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame that so many doctors have this disease state uh, mind philosophy. That is, there isn't a disease or a symptom that doesn't have a pharma cure to it. And my approach now is just the opposite. What can I do to help you take care of you so you don't need drugs and the ones you're on can get you off? Uh, I think there's you know, a Dr. better Bark- approach. Well, I I love that. And I want to continue the conversation. Again, the book is Morning Message, Dispelling the Myths You've Been Told About Optimal Health. And I want to uh, continue the conversation with Dr. Jeff Barkey about that. We get to do this show because I have amazing sponsors. And I wanted to mention uh, Janssen Photography, which is located here in Lakewood, Colorado. And Glenn and Mary Janssen are truly entrepreneurs. And they have been just uh, pillars of the community as well. And Glenn Janssen and really works magic with uh, with the camera. I did a whole photo shoot with him, and and um, uh, I, I tell you, he really can work magic. So, <laughs> uh, so whether or not you want to get those treasured memories of your family or of children or that important photo for your business or political career, Jansen Photography can help. That uh, website is jansenphotography.com. That's J-A-N-S-S-E-N photography.com. Another great sponsor of the show is Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services. Johnny Stubbs Services uses only the best quality products to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts is available to provide the proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services prides themselves on delivering prompt and reliable service and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. JohnnyStubbServices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbServices.com. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lorne understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, 
Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You can do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I'm very pleased to have on the line with me Dr. Jeff Barkey. Uh, his uh, most recent book, Morning Message, Dispelling the Myths, uh, you've been told about optimal health. Dr. Barkey, one of the things that I learned through this whole COVID thing is really as a foundational American idea, and that is, is that we as citizens need to be self-assertive with ourselves and with all those as we live our lives. And uh, healthcare is is the spot to begin with. I mean, it used to be even I went to the doctor, just totally trusted him. Uh, you know, all, it seems like there were many pharmaceutical answers to things. I never really went down that pharmaceutical um, uh, path. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't have symptoms that really needed to. But it was COVID where all of a sudden I started to question this whole pharmaceutical um, pathway that so many doctors are, are on now. And so I, I think where I'm headed back to this is the days should be over of just blindly um, trusting a doctor. Uh, I think a person's health care should be a partnership between the patient and the doctor. And that's how it used to be in the old days. Yes, Kim, you're right. It really was. It was a partnership. And now, um, appropriately so, COVID has taught us to be very skeptical of many allopathic, and the word allopathic means traditionally trained doctors. So most MDs, even DOs, doctors of osteopathic medicine, that are trained in this disease model, that uh, pharma is the cure to much of what ails us. The opposite should be true. How do we take care of our God-given immune system and body so we don't need the help of big pharma or physicians? You know, my belief, Kim, is that you know, God didn't make a mistake. He created us pretty perfectly. So when we see things like cardiovascular disease as the number one killer in the United States, and by the way, it never used to be that way, and we see rampant obesity, type 2 diabetes, um, autoimmune disease, and cancer just spiraling out of control, that's on us, not on the creator. Our job is to figure out how were we designed to be taken care of and do the best we can to follow that path. And if we do that, we won't have to suffer from all these illnesses that are ailing society at large. And unfortunately, nobody has taught us how to do that. The opposite has occurred with big agriculture 
in cahoots with the government, with big pharma in cahoots with the government to push more and more drugs on us. You can't watch a sporting event on TV without seeing an advertisement for one of these new weight loss drugs or a cholesterol-lowering drug or something for erectile dysfunction or type 2 diabetes. It's on and on. We're the only country, us and New Zealand, that allows direct-to-consumer advertising from the pharmaceutical industry. I think it's a mistake. And my job, if you will, my God-given mission is to really support and teach people how to do a better job of taking care of themselves. I'm still learning, too. Uh, I have a huge presence on Instagram, rx4liberty, rx4liberty, F-O-R, Liberty, same name as my website, where I, I spend a lot of time trying to teach about optimal health. I've got a holistic health coach that works with me. She's out of Texas. And together, we try to teach people just how to do a better job of taking care of themselves. This morning's morning message, for example, was about the importance of gut health and the relationship between how we take care of our gut and autoimmune disease. The better we take care of our gut, the less likely it is that we'll have autoimmune disease. And I describe various ways of going about it uh, and doing that. So that's my task, I think, is uh, to really help people do a better job of taking care of themselves so they can fulfill whatever their God-given mission is in life. Well, and I think that that, uh, we each have a responsibility to be the very best that we can be, and um, so certainly (laughs) you can help with that. You are now teaching a course, let's change gears just a little bit, uh, with Dr. James Lines-Weiler over at his, so such a creative uh, educational model of IPAC-EDU, so tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah, Dr. Jack is a a wonderful inspiration. He's got an online uh, university, if you will, and the course I'm teaching is called Mastering Your Own Health, Mastering Your Own Health, and it's a 10-week course. Tonight is uh, lecture three. We're talking about adrenal health. I've got a holistic chiropractor, uh, Dr. Kendra, who's helping me on this particular unit, Uh, My holistic health coach is on the Zoom call as well. You can learn about it directly through my website, Rx4Liberty, or on my Instagram site, Rx4Liberty. There's a link uh, to purchase the course. All the courses are recorded, so if you miss one, you can always go back and watch. And my goal is really to teach you how to take care of you so you don't need to go see a doctor, so you can control your own health and destiny, so you're not subject to cancer and diabetes and heart disease and all those types of things. So I hope your listeners will come join me. I'm having a lot of fun teaching the course. It's the first time I've done that, and it's been so far a great success, and I look forward to continuing that in the future. Well, and it is rather remarkable what Dr. Jack has put together. Uh, I, I say it's putting, connecting amazing instructors like you with people that are intellectually curious. And uh, we, I think another, another thing to be healthy is to keep the mind going, to be curious, to wonder how things work. I mean, don't you think that's absolutely critical, Dr. Barkey? Oh, 100%. I think one of the most important things we can do from a holistic health standpoint is, uh, uh, you know, listen, there, there's a lot of things, but here's, here's the three basics. Uh, first of all, you've got to get good sleep. If you're not sleeping well, everything else is much more difficult. There's a lot of good devices now on the market, wearable devices to track your sleep. I use an Aura ring. It helps me uh, look at some of the things I'm doing. Number two is exercise. Probably the single most important 
uh, health-promoting and disease-preventing activity is exercise. Ideally, every day, it doesn't have to be every, anything fancy. You can simply go for a 20- or 30-minute walk. Uh, the third is sunshine. Too many of us are deficient in vitamin S sunshine. It is so healthy and so important to go outside in the sun every single day without sunscreen, as much body surface area as possible, especially morning sunshine is so good for you, helps with your sleep, resets your circadian rhythm, improves uh, dopamine and serotonin as well as melatonin, and then hydration. Stop drinking government water. Find a good source of purified or filtered water. At least 64 ounces a day. Too many of us walk around dehydrated. We only drink when we feel thirsty. That's not adequate. We need to get in the habit of, uh, of hydrating ourselves. It's one of the ways in which our body detoxes through urination. The other way, kind of gross, but it's true, is by pooping. If you're not having a good poop every day, you're missing out on an opportunity to detox. Sweating and breathing is the other way that we detox. Support those natural detox mechanisms for uh, better health. Okay, and then last question. Your book, Morning Message, uh, people can get that, you said, at morningmessage.com. Are you you also doing Informed Descent, a podcast? So tell us just a little bit about where people can find find you uh, on these different pl- uh, platforms. Sure, sure. I record a podcast with my co-host, Dr. Mark McDonald, who's a board-certified psychiatrist. He and I have been working together for the last couple of years. Informed Descent, the intersection of healthcare and politics. We have all kinds of fun guests on. Sometimes it's just me and Mark. Uh, anywhere where you get a podcast, Apple, Spotify, etc., you can type in my name, Barky, be like boy, A-R-K-E, or Informed Descent, and it'll pop up. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy listening to it. Each podcast is only about 30 to 40 minutes, so they're not long. Uh, we wanted it to be short enough where you could listen to it in one setting. And we try to bring interesting guests and perspective uh, to our podcast. Okay, you know, I have one other question, and you you alluded to this that COVID that there that that there will be another another something coming down the pike. What what would you say to people regarding that? Well, you know, listen. I hope we learned a lesson. Uh, I'm not sure that we did, uh, but many of us did. And I hope we'll stand up firm for uh, against government tyranny. I don't know that it'll be a pandemic or another infectious disease. It may be the emergency of climate change uh, that allows the government to control our activity and our behavior. I don't know. Or it may be another vaccine that they decide that we need, that they want to force upon the public as a prerequisite for activities, whether it's getting a job or traveling freely or going on an airplane, et cetera. We need to stand up. We, it's, we no longer can be... Uh, just observers on the couch. You know, my my dear friend and patient Dennis Prager says, uh, now is the time to to support and to be an activist. And if you don't have the disposition to stand up and be an activist, then you need to support those of us that are activists. You can no longer be neutral in this fight uh, or we're going to lose our country and we're going to lose our freedoms. Oh, great advice. Dr. Jeff Barkey, it's been an absolute delight. Again, that is Morning Message. The book is Morning Message, Dispelling the Myths You've Been Told About Optimal Health. Keep up the great work. And and again, I know you didn't get up that, that morning when you uh, drove over to Riverside thinking that you were going to make a difference in this whole American idea, but you've done that. And I so appreciate uh, appreciate what you've done. 
Well, thank you, Kim, for having me on. And Mark and I would love to have you on our podcast sometime to talk about the great work that you're doing in Colorado. I would be honored to do so. So let's stay in touch. And again, that's Dr. Jeff Barkey. Thanks, Kim. And we get to do this because we have sponsors. When uh, when Dr. Barkey says that you need to have people that step forward, and that is Karen Levine, but she also uh, supports what we do here, uh, stepping forward, and that is Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance. She has been a sponsor of the show since almost the very beginning. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Shooting outside can be limited, but at Frank Tom Firearms 10-lane, 30-yard indoor range, the weather is always just right. Franktown's range supports handguns, shotguns, rifles up to 50 caliber, and even black powder loads. And safety equipment is provided for free. Since Franktown's range is connected with their gun store, they have a full selection of rental firearms so you can try before you buy to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And if you become a member at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you can even access the range after hours. The range is very well ventilated with fresh air constantly, so you can breathe easy while you shoot. Most importantly, Franktown Firearms is a family-owned and operated gun store. At Franktown, you will be treated with respect as their client because they want you to be confident with your shooting and keep coming back. So use your own gun or try a new one on the range at Franktown Firearms today. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown to find out more. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil & Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show. I uh, greatly appreciate uh, their help in all that we do here. Uh, let's see. Next thing. I don't think I finished this thought uh, because that we were go- when we came into 
uh, Thanksgiving week, we had pre-recorded everything. Of course, there was a special session. After the show on Friday, right before Thanksgiving week, I'd gone down to the Capitol. I was down there all day. And the, the disrespect that these uh, radical activists, uh, Polis and the Democrats, that have taken over the Democrat Party have for everyday people, the people they're supposed to represent, is just, it's absolutely, it's absolutely staggering. And so I went down to the Capitol then on Saturday as well. And uh, I think I, I, as I said, I didn't finish the thought. There was the Palestinian protesters. The Capitol got locked down. The the Democrat, um, um, I, I don't want to call them leadership, but the Democrats in charge, shutting down voices, couldn't couldn't get in to see what the proceedings. Everything was disorganized by design, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm not going to waste my whole day here. And so I, I went over to Liberty Toastmasters. They were meeting, and I sat down next to my good friend Dave Walden, and he's uh, just a really wise libertarian. And uh, he leaned over to me, and he said, Kim, I can, I can tell you're, you feel discouraged. And he said, just remember, he said, liberty, like bankruptcy, happens slowly and then all of a sudden. He said, so don't give up. We're making a difference. And so that's what I say to each of you as well, is, is each and every day as we get our brains around these issues and we engage in reasonable rhetoric there are there's nothing more than actually the republican operatives over on the far right and the uh, radical radical activists that t- have taken over the democrat party would like to put our message into a box of just right wing whatever and um that's not the case we are are searching for truth clarity and if you believe there's no truth well, then certainly you might say that, oh, we're right wing, but there is truth. There is foundational truth. And wise people, wise societies, they search for truth. And if we're kicking, kicking the ideas, the tire on, on ideas, and if in fact uh, those ideas um, do not stand on you know, real foundation, then people should have the wisdom to say, wait a minute, I'm going to reassess what those ideas are. And so that's why we do this, is to help you each and every day understand all of these different issues. So let's see, I'd like to get to some of the text messages here. There's been a lot that's been coming in. Is um, Okay, this is from uh, one of our, I think this might be from Holly, I'm not sure. Uh, and actually, if you you know put your name down at the end of these text messages, I kind of recognize numbers, but not all of them. It says, I don't understand the purpose of the special session. If the people voted down HH, why is the government governor allowed to circumvent our vote? Uh, that is such a good question. That actually happened with Prop 112 a couple of years ago as well, when the people of Colorado voted against Prop 112, which was putting in onerous uh, stipulations on the oil and gas industry and uh, these these setbacks which again we're seeing all of these different kind of death by a thousand cuts to our oil and gas industry which provides reliable efficient affordable and abundant energy 
we have to say why would why would this administration why the agenda to shut down our oil and gas industry because that actually will shut down the prosperity and thriving of everyday people so that's why it is so important that we have our discussions about all this and uh, so um, we'll continue to do that and that is why I, I do want to mention the Center for American Values the work that they are doing there, this is non-political, it's non-partisan, it's focused on these values of America, of honor, integrity, and patriotism. And they do this a couple of different ways, and that is, first of all, through educational programs. There is a fabulous educational program online, civics education. Uh, it's great for parents, grandparents, um, and that's K through 12. And then also honoring our Medal of Honor recipients. Tell you what, my friends, if each of our students in in uh, in Colorado, if each of the 90,000 students in DPS that they're so concerned about uh, not teaching, uh, uh, having kids learn in English, but uh, their native language, and there's no way they're learning about these values of America. And these are the things that have been good for America and for those throughout the world. And that is why people have been trying to come to America across the border. So we have Yvonne on the line. Yvonne, welcome. I was thinking you were traveling. Welcome. No, that would be today later. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay. Thank you for taking my call. You know, at the beginning of the show, when you were talking about uh, something and how they want to provide instruction in people's native language and all that other kind of stuff. This is my comment on that. Number one, we do not have the capacity um, financially to teach every person in these 72 or 100 and something languages that are coming across the border. So no, no, no. Now, this has nothing to do with, you know, English only and none of that, because that's where everybody's going to go. I am actually um, a person who works in a variety of languages, and I think that we need to stick to English because it's one, the great unifier, but that is the one that's going to give them opportunity. They should then at home continue to cultivate their home language, or if they have two or three, all the better. The more languages you can speak, the better. But we have to have one language that we unify under, and here's the second part. That they want to do that screams of me that they want to put them in the new modern slavery. Because people who do not speak English cannot thrive in this country. So the greatest gift we can give them is to help them get on board with English immediately. Let them tell them that at home they should support all the languages that they have and keep those alive as well. The more languages you know, the better. But you cannot thrive in the United States if you do not know English and know it well. And they know that. They are creating a subclass of people to put into modern slavery. And oh I help a lot of people who do not speak English, and I see it every single day, how it holds them back, how it holds them back. And they'll never be able to do what other people can do until they speak English. And when they do, they'll be able to do it twice as good if they have two languages. There you go. Hey, Yvonne, thank you so much for that perspective, and Godspeed on your travels. We will talk to you when you get back. Bye. Okay, we have a minute left. Tanya von Bieber is on the the line. Uh, Tanya, what is on your radar? 
It's Ron. Ron. Peter. Oh, Ron. Okay, sorry. No, that's fine. I just wanted to uh, commend you on uh, your guest today and as well as uh, Dick Morris yesterday. And um, uh, I know exactly what you mean um, with uh, them taking you said about that meeting that you were at. Uh, I was there at the Capitol um, when Trump lost. I went down there and uh, they had cameras out there. And they were photographing people. And uh, they had uh, uh, people walking around with, uh, with uh, derogatory comments about uh, Trump. And they would come up to me, and I'd ask them, I'd say, uh, what government agency do you work for? And they would get very, very uh, uh, defensive and, and uh, walk away. And, uh, Ron, so they- I, I, well, thank you. We're out of time. That's so creative. I hadn't thought about that. Very, very creative. And Ron, thank you for your comments. Uh, I would love to hear more from you. So maybe tomorrow you could call in as well. And our quote for the end of the show is from Ludwig von Mises. It says, the essential characteristic of Western civilization that distinguishes it from the arrested and petrified civilizations of the East was and it is its concern for freedom from the state. So my friends today, be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Those are the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.